Welcome back to the Heartled Wellness Podcast and Happy New Year if you're listening in real time. I can't believe it's already 2024 and I'm so excited for this upcoming year ahead and I am so grateful for everything that unfolded in 2023. Along the lines of the new year, today I want to talk about getting back on track and how this is not the best thing you can do when you're wanting to have a healthy, balanced relationship with food and your body. And I also talk about weight loss and how we can approach this in a healthy, balanced, sustainable, intuitive way. And my opinion on all of this might be a bit different than what you've heard before from other body love food freedom coaches. And I hope it gives you a fresh perspective and something that you can really apply to your own life. If you're looking for one-to-one coaching or guided nervous system regulation practices, all of the links to those are in the show notes. And if you want to share any feedback or questions or wins that you've had, you can always direct message me on Instagram. I love connecting with people on there. It is so healing for me and I love that sense of community. My Instagram is at heart.led.wellness. And last but not least, thank you to everyone who has left a review. That helps the show spread so much and I am so grateful for those of you who have done that. It means the world to me. I hope you're having an amazing day and let's dance right into this episode. I just got back from a beautiful trip with my family and lots of holiday festivities. I went to Nassau, which is an island in the Bahamas, and it's so nice. I live in Colorado, and so I am around the mountains all the time. I was born in Colorado, so I am so used to the snow and to the mountains, and so my ideal vacation is going somewhere warm where there's palm trees and ocean and humidity, and it's not so dry that your knuckles are bleeding, which is what happens in Colorado because it's so dry. But I know people who live in warmer climates love to go to the mountains for vacation, especially during the wintertime, going skiing. But if you live in a cold environment, then you know going somewhere tropical feels like such a special treat. And while I was on this trip and while it was wintertime, I ate a lot of foods I don't typically eat on a daily basis. Some gluten, even some dairy, a lot more processed packaged foods, convenience foods. And I also ate later in the evenings than I usually do. And all of this was so fun. It was so relaxing. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I do not feel guilty at all. I don't feel like I need to restrict myself at all. And this is what I want to talk to talk to you about today. I want to share how I approach the new year with food and body, especially after times of indulgence like these. I know that it's January now, it's 2024, and there's so much wrapped up in the new year with weight loss and body goals and food goals. And it's it's funny how this season of new year happens right after usually a season of indulgence with holiday celebrations and parties and festivities and all of that. And this can really set us up for an unhealthy relationship with food, this yo-yo relationship with food. And so I want to talk today about how you can navigate this in a different way so you don't end up in the same position next year with trying to quote unquote get back on track. But at the same time, I want to share with you how you can be intentional in the new year and set healthy 
goals for food and body without it feeling obsessive and out of control. And I'm going to share what I'm doing personally in my own life when it comes to these things. It's really normal at the beginning of a new year to say, I need to get back on track. Maybe you did eat more than normal over the holiday season or over December. Maybe you even felt out of control around desserts and foods you don't usually eat, which maybe led to overeating or binge eating and maybe you feel really gross and uncomfortable in your body right now and maybe even you want to lose weight and it being January and it being a new year a lot of people are setting goals to lose weight and maybe that is something that you are thinking about as well and in the intuitive eating world in the food freedom world A lot of coaches and people talk about health at every size and they preach about avoiding diets and just accepting your body how it is now and when it's the new year you shouldn't set goals to lose weight and while I agree that most approaches to weight loss and changing your body will do more harm than good, I am not anti-weight loss even in January, even in the new year. It's okay to want to change your body in a healthy way, and I will speak more on that in a minute. Sometimes there can be a lot of pressure and stress wrapped up around New Year's resolutions, especially when it comes to your body and to your weight, but I want you to know that January 1st is just like any other random day. It's like a random day in May, a random day in October. January 1st doesn't have to be this huge event. If we didn't have a calendar, we wouldn't even know that it's January 1st. The whole concept of dates and time and all of this is a human man-made concept. So just because the calendar says January 1st doesn't mean that you need to set these huge goals or create this whole new version of yourself just because everyone else is. And at the same time, if that feels good for you, then you're allowed to do that. Maybe January 1st does feel good for you. For me personally, I love the idea of a new year, bringing in new goals and new intentions. It's really helpful for me to break down my goals into a timeline and to set an intention or set a goal for myself for three months or six months or 12 months. And so I personally love to use the calendar, this man-made concept of time and of dates to help me set intentions and set goals for myself. But like I said, if that feels like a lot of pressure for you and it doesn't feel aligned, it doesn't make you feel excited or relaxed, it feels stressful and overwhelming and it feels like you have to do it because you should do it and everyone else is doing it, then that is a clear sign from your intuition and from your body to not do that. You have full permission to not set goals for yourself. You don't have to create a new you, new year, new you. You can be the same you on January 1st as you were on December 31st. It is completely up to you. But if you do want to set an intention, if that does feel aligned, if it does feel exciting and an expansion in your body when you think about it, let's go about this in a healthy way. So that way you can actually meet your goals and have a permanent change instead of ending back in this exact same position at the end of this year promising that next year will be the year that you figure it out how many times have you set a goal for yourself in january and then it gets to december and you either completely forgot about that goal and what it is or you realize that you didn't actually meet the goal that you set for yourself and i want this to be different for you this year I want you to actually 
meet your goal. I want it to be sustainable. I want it to feel good the whole way. And I want it to be something that you can feel proud of yourself for at the end of 2024 or whatever year you're listening to this, it is. But before I dive into that, I want to first normalize the fluctuations that we experience in our bodies. It is unrealistic to assume that you will look and weigh the exact same throughout your entire life and throughout each season. Our bodies are designed to change and designed to fluctuate, which is why, as a side note, it can be helpful to have a set weight range that you like to be in instead of a set number if you are choosing to weigh yourself. I need to make an episode about the scale and your relationship to the scale. I haven't talked about that a lot on my podcast yet, but it is unrealistic to assume that we are going to weigh the same amount or look the same amount throughout the entire year and throughout our entire lives. I eat differently in the wintertime than I do in the summertime. This is a normal part of life and existing in a human body. Even if you have a healed relationship with food, even if you have a balanced relationship with food, you are still going to experience fluctuations in your body. And so maybe you've come off of a holiday season of eating more soul foods and enjoying those foods and not feeling guilty about it. Obviously doing it within reason. I'm not promoting binge eating and overeating because that's also a symptom of an unhealed relationship with food. But even if you have been more indulgent in the winter time, which is something that usually happens in my own life, my body is going to look different in December than it does in June when I'm craving lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and lighter foods. And so this is normal. We don't have to freak out if our bodies are fluctuating, if we look different in the winter than we do in the summer. That is normal part of life. And so if you've had a season or a holiday or another occasion occasion where there's been more soul foods, more indulgences, and you find yourself saying, I want to get back on track. Well, let's figure out what track you're referring to when you say you want to get back on track, because this is where we get into a really sticky, unhealthy situation. What track are you getting back on? First of all, if you're saying this to yourself, if you're saying, I want to get back on track, that right there is a sign that you haven't healed the deeper roots of your relationship with food. Because if you had actually healed the roots of your relationship with food, you wouldn't be wanting to get back on track because you wouldn't have left the track in the first place. Even during the holidays, you wouldn't have left the track. And this doesn't mean that you didn't eat any desserts or you didn't eat any gluten or any dairy and you were perfect. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to the fact that you wouldn't have felt out of control with food. You wouldn't have been overeating or binge eating. You wouldn't be feeling gross in your body because you've healed your body image and you know how to easily maintain a healthy weight range even throughout the holidays. You wouldn't feel guilty for what you ate. You wouldn't feel shameful for the foods that you chose to eat. You would know how to eat these soul foods and these indulgences during the holidays without it making you feel sick in your body, without it making you feel guilty or shameful. All of this is a result of actually healing your relationship with food. So if you've done that work, then you never leave the track. You feel just as good in your body on December 31st as you do on June 1st because you've healed the deeper roots. But let's say that you're still working on that healing or you haven't began that healing work yet and you do feel guilty or gross in your body right now and you want to quote unquote get back on track. 
well, what track are you creating for yourself? Are you telling yourself that you're going to avoid certain food groups? Are you telling yourself that you're going to eat low fat or low carb or only ever eat whole foods, never eat desserts, only eat raw foods or raw foods in the morning and a cooked meal at night or only three meals a day or intermittent fasting or trying to eat as little as possible during the day so you can save up calories for nighttime. What things are you telling yourself that you're going to do to get back on track? The track that you're referring to is usually some restrictive way of eating that you think is the solution to all of your problems. You tell yourself, if I could just stick to insert this way of eating perfectly, then I would never struggle with my weight again. We think that it's the diet that's going to solve all of our problems and it's our fault for not being able to stick to it and that if we could just stick to it, we would be able to lose weight and we would feel good. But in reality, this restrictive track that you're following isn't sustainable, it isn't realistic, and it's not truly healthy from a body, mind, and soul perspective. Maybe only ever eating whole foods would be the healthiest choice for your body, but it completely neglects the health of your mind, the health of your soul, when you feel restricted and deprived and like you can't even travel because of all the food rules that you have in your life. So when you do try and get on this track that you've created, it's inevitable that you will fall off. It's like you're trying to walk on a balance beam your whole life. You make it so narrow with all these restrictions that you create for yourself around food. And because of all of these restrictions, because this track is so narrow, you have to try so hard to walk on this thin balance beam and keep your balance, keep yourself from falling off. This is like willpower and obsession and control and perfectionism. That is what we use to keep ourselves on this rigid path. And then of course, life becomes life. It picks up, you start moving faster and you fall off the balance beam. And then you blame yourself for not having enough willpower or for being lazy or not being strong enough to stick to your track when the reality is you're trying to walk on a balance beam, which is nearly impossible to walk on for a long period of time. And this little analogy shows you that it's not you that's the problem, it's the path, it's the track, it's the balance beam that you're trying to create for yourself. And when we fall off the track that we created, usually it ends up in a massive overeating experience or binge eating or feeling completely out of control with food because just like a slingshot, whenever we restrict our food, it's like pulling that slingshot back. And then when we inevitably let go or fall off the balance beam, it flings us in the opposite direction of overeating, of binge eating, of feeling out of control with food. And part of the reason people get stuck struggling with food is because of this back and forth pattern going from overdoing it indulging on the holidays feeling out of control feeling guilty and then telling themselves they're going to get back on track choosing an extremely narrow track to get back on which ends them in overdoing it again and so we create this yo-yo cycle this yo-yo dieting this binge restrict cycle that does not create long-term health in our bodies And by doing this, by doing this back and forth cycle, you're just setting yourself up to overdo it again and be right back where you started. So if you're sitting here right now after a holiday of overindulging and feeling gross in your body, 
the worst thing you can do is create a bunch of rules for yourself around food and create a really narrow track for yourself to get back on in January. So how do you break this cycle? How do you end this yearly cycle of trying to obsess over and restrict your food so you can finally lose weight or finally feel good in your body and then ending up in December throwing it all out the window and promising to do better again next year? Well, the first thing is what if you chose a wider path instead of choosing a narrow balance beam to walk on with food what if you intentionally chose to walk on a sidewalk instead of a balance beam you can still have gentle guidelines around what types of foods you generally eat what foods make you feel your best in your body when you eat how much you eat but it's so much more flexible and sustainable there's room for air there's room for soul foods there's room for indulgences and when we actually heal the roots of our need to restrict our food, when we heal our perfectionistic parts and our obsessive parts and our rigid parts, we learn how to eat like a natural intuitive eater. And the wider path means you're eating like a natural intuitive eater and you'll never actually have to fall off. And and that means that you'll never have to get back on track because you're always on on track. You can walk on a sidewalk for a long period of time without ever falling off, without ever needing to re-correct or make up for mistakes because you don't make mistakes. And so this analogy shows us that when we create guidelines around food, like listening to our bodies to eat and choosing foods that make us feel good and that serve us, when these are our guidelines instead of I will never eat dessert, it's much more sustainable. It's something that we can actually stick to for the rest of our lives and through any season of life, whether it's a holiday season or summer or a vacation, your track involves life. It's not taking life out of it and living in this obsessive bubble of nutrition. It's eating in a way that serves you no matter where you are in life. And so this year, instead of trying to get back on a narrow track, what if you did something completely different? What if you actually healed your relationship with food once and for all? And when I'm talking about healing your relationship with food, a lot of this really has little to do with food itself. So much of it is in relationship to your nervous system and your ability to hold emotions without using food to soothe yourself. It has so much to do with being in your body and getting out of your head and actually feeling what's going on in your body and then healing those parts of you that use food as a means of control and obsession and perfectionism. That's the work that I'm talking about and because we do that work, food just naturally heals itself and food just becomes food. You're going to be eating for the rest of your life. You're going to be eating two, three, four, five meals a day for the rest of your life. You're going to be living in your body for the rest of your life. Healing these things is huge. It will completely change your life. And I know this because this used to be me and healing my relationship with food literally changed all other areas of my life. It changed my career, it changed my finances, it changed my passions, it changed my relationships. Everything changed because it's not about the food, it's about these inner wounds, these core wounds that need healing, that food is just bandaging up in the meantime. And I used to be stuck in this same pattern of 
restricting my food all the time because I thought that it was the only way I could control my weight. I thought that that was the only option and that it was my lack of willpower that was the problem. But then I would obviously end up losing control and feeling guilty and eating so much and overeating. And then, of course, I would beat myself up for that and try all sorts of crazy things to try and get myself to stick to it for good this time. But of course, that never worked until I actually did the healing work, healed my nervous system, learned how to feel emotions in my body, that food became easy again. It became effortless again. It became something that I don't even think about on a daily basis unless I'm actually preparing food or hungry or grocery shopping. So how do we do this? Let's break it down. What do you have to do to actually set yourself free from the struggle? The first thing is you have to see how food is serving a regulating role in your life. You have to have this connection realizing that food is soothing your nervous system. You've created this strong connection with food to help you feel okay and help you feel safe. It might be a distraction from emotions that feel too big, whether those are pleasurable emotions or negative emotions. Food can be a way that we distract ourselves from what's going on in our nervous system. And at the same time, food releases a lot of pleasurable hormones and neurotransmitters. And so when life feels really hard or overwhelming, or maybe we have subconscious beliefs about our worth or our confidence, food can be something that we use to self-medicate and make us feel better. And so the first step is realizing that food has taken on this regulating role and isn't just something that you use to fuel your body and when you're hungry, it's become more than that. That's the first step. And then we need to learn how to actually hold sensations in your body without needing food to cope. For so many years, I wasn't able to actually feel emotions in my body without relying on some other thing to distract myself, whether it was food or any other addictive behavior. And so when I learned how to actually hold sensations in my body without anything else, without needing to call a friend or go for a walk, when I learned how to just sit with myself and feel, which took a lot of nervous system work and somatic work because it didn't feel safe in the beginning to do that. But over time through doing that, and this is the work that I do with my clients, that was when I could use food to just be food and to fuel my body without it needing to be a regulating substance in my life to cope with emotions. Another layer of this is unnumbing your body because through trauma and through our life experience and through dieting and through having a messy relationship with food, a lot of times our bodies become numb and we aren't able to actually feel the normal biological cues that guide us to when to eat, how much to eat, what to eat. And so we have to unnumb or unfreeze our bodies so we can actually hear these cues. We have to learn how to let go of all the mental calculations with food, with counting calories, with counting points and macros and doing what Susie is telling us to do on her podcast and what this doctor is telling us to do in his book. And we have to learn how to actually place our trust in a different area. So instead of trusting all of these external things telling us what to eat, we have to learn how to trust an internal source of telling us what to eat, which is our body and our intuition. We have to relearn how to feel hunger and fullness and satisfaction. 
And a lot of the work that we can do to get to this place where we are not numb anymore is once again, nervous system work. So you can get back in your body so you can actually feel your body and hear these cues and make food decisions from that place. And then along those same lines, we have to do the inner work to heal control and perfectionism and obsessions and restrictions and a lack of trust and needing to look a certain way to feel loved. We have to heal all of these inner wounds and inner roots so that way, once again, food can just be food. And then of course, on the actual nutrition side of things, we have to learn the unglamorous truth about nutrition, not the trendy social media information, not the new fad diet or hack. We have to learn the basic boring information about creating balanced meals in terms of macronutrients and micronutrients. So what do you actually eat on a daily basis? Are carbs really a problem? Are fats a problem? What about blood sugar? How can you create a healthy response to glucose and insulin based on what you eat? Does fiber matter? How do processed foods impact your hormones and digestion? These are all really important but basic things that we need to know about nutrition so we can learn how to create meals that actually will help us feel our best in our body. And then, of course, last but not least, is we need to address fear foods and food rules. We need to learn how to be able to eat a wide range of food that will leave us feeling good in our body, but also honors our soul. And so we have to learn how to eat these soul foods on a regular basis in the perfect amount for us without feeling out of control, without feeling sick afterwards, and without feeling deprived. And that happens as a result of the inner work that I've just mentioned. But the overall theme is creating your own food guidelines that are rooted in love for your body, love for your soul, that aren't rigid, that aren't restrictive, so you can eat in a way that honors both your physical health and your soul health for wanting to feel and experience pleasure during your life. So with all of this being laid out for you with how you can heal your relationship with food this year so you don't have to go back to this binge restrict overeat yo-yo cycle, I do want to tr- want to touch on weight loss because what if you do all of this inner healing work and you learn how to do all of these things and you still want to lose weight. Is it bad to want to lose weight? Well, my opinion on this might be controversial because I believe that it's not bad to want to lose weight. You can love your body, especially after doing all this healing work. It will be so much easier to love your body and at the same time still want to pursue healthy weight loss. There is a huge difference between healthy, sustainable, responsible weight loss and doing anything and everything to lose weight at the expense of your mental and physical health. Those two things are completely different conversations. One is rooted in love for your body, for your health, and another is rooted in fear and is often what we refer to as disordered eating or an eating disorder or orthorexia. And so, This is why this conversation is so nuanced and it's so hard to give these recommendations on a podcast because if you're someone who's listening who is actively struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating, then attempting to lose weight is definitely not something that is in your best interest and that is rooted in love. And on the other hand, if you're somebody who has 
has a more balanced relationship with food, you're not struggling with being underweight or having a missing period, then for you, maybe approaching healthy weight loss is actually something that is the most loving thing you could do for yourself. And so there's a huge difference between wanting to be real thin and wanting to be at a healthy weight that makes you feel light and energized and healthy. And how you go about doing this in a healthy, balanced way is so important. It has to be something that you can maintain for the rest of your life. And usually finding a balanced weight, like getting to a healthy weight, is a result of doing the inner work that I mentioned above. You don't have to try and lose weight. It just happens naturally because your eating matches what your body needs. And it's so much easier to match your eating with your body's needs when you can actually hear your hunger and fullness cues, when you're not using food to regulate your nervous system. That is when it's almost effortless to maintain a healthy weight. So for myself personally, I want to share with you some of my own intentions for this year to give you some examples because I have healed my relationship with food. I have done a lot of this inner work. So food feels really easy for me now. And I also have been maintaining my period for some time. I've shared before, there were times in my past when I did not have a period due to undereating and overexercising and stress. And so now that my hormones have come back online and I have been maintaining my period for a long time, I feel ready to shift my movement and my nutrition intentionally. And my goal is to really focus on getting stronger. I really want to feel physically stronger in my body and I want to go about this in a very slow, gentle, and intuitive way because I do love my body and how it is right now. I can fully wholeheartedly say that I love my body and I will choose to love my body no matter what it looks like. I know it will change. I know that I want to have kids one day. I know that I'm going to be an old lady and I will love my body through all phases of my life. And at the same time, I am allowed to pursue fitness goals or aesthetic goals that are realistic and healthy for my body. I don't want to be real thin. I don't want to have a unhealthy relationship with food or with my body. I just want to feel healthy and my most optimal self. And I know for me personally, I feel better when I have a bit more strength, a bit more muscle than I do right now, because right now I can barely do a push-up, like a full real push-up in a plank position. My brother was making fun of me on our vacation because I really could not do it. And so <laughs> this is a huge sign for me that building some strength would be in my best interest for my health. We know that muscle is an extremely important part of our metabolic health, for our blood sugar regulation and insulin production. And so I know all these things and I know that building some muscle would be really beneficial for me, especially long-term, especially as I get older. And so I'm not trying to get back on a narrow track that isn't sustainable. I don't feel guilty for anything that I've eaten over the past month because it was never out of control. It was never restrictive or obsessive. I never left the track. And at the same time, I have some intentional shifts that I want to make in the upcoming year that are rooted in love because like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I love the whole idea of a new year and a fresh start in January. That feels really good for me and so I'm going to use that to my advantage and I'm going to use that motivation, that inspiration of a new year to set some new goals for myself. 
But like I said, all of these goals are going to be very slow and gentle and intuitive and balanced. So these are things like tweaking very slightly the way that I build my meals or when I incorporate soul foods, maybe a bit more mindful, slow eating with less distractions so I can actually tune in to my hunger and fullness cues more easily. I'm going to be tweaking the types of exercise that I'm doing and doing some more strength building exercises because my goal is to build some strength. And I'm going to be doing some more push-ups because that would feel really good for me to feel stronger in that way. Obviously, I'm still going to be eating sweets and soul foods and desserts. I'm not going to be cutting out any macronutrients like carbs or fats or proteins. I'm not going to be making rigid rules around when I can and can't eat. I'm not going to tell myself that I need to exercise six days a week for an hour doing high-intensity workouts and cardio and extremely heavy weights. All of these things are not realistic. They are not helpful. This is what I did in my past when I struggled with my relationship with food, and it never worked. It never ended well. And extremes are shiny and glamorous, and they feel easy, especially if you are a type A perfectionist type person. Extremes feel easier than middle ground, but it never works in the long run. And choosing middle ground, choosing balance, choosing realistic is always way more sustainable and will get you where you want to go faster than choosing extremes and crashing and burning because I want you to know that January 1st is just another day so avoid going into that extreme home makeover mode with food in your body it's going to backfire it hasn't worked in the past and so trying to do it again is not a smart idea it's just like the saying the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result you know that trying to change everything about your food and your body isn't going to work and it's going to backfire. So change something different this year. Focus on the inner work, focus on your nervous system, focus on balance, on loving your body throughout the whole journey. Focus on that. Put your energy and put your attention into that instead of the obsessive rigid routine. You can listen to some of the other podcasts I've made because I touch on this in all of my episodes, especially nervous system things. And also you can follow me on Instagram if you want to see more of meal ideas and how I live my life on a daily basis. I post on my stories almost every day, basically every day, sharing the things that I'm doing. And if you're ready to actually invest in yourself and make those deeper shifts, then I cannot recommend enough signing up for one-to-one coaching. That is where the real transformation happens. Investing in a coach for myself was the huge catalyst on my own journey, and I see it with my clients too. It is magical what can happen in a one-to-one coaching setting, and it's like the fast track to getting where you want to go, especially with food and your body. So I want to end this episode by saying, if you want to heal this battle with food and your body, now is a great time to do it in 2024, in this year, imagine getting to the end of this year and not needing to make any changes with food or your body the next year. What if your new year's resolution or your new year's goal for 2025 could be something that had nothing to do with food or your body? Because you've healed it. It's not a thing anymore. It's not something that you think about on a daily basis. 
and this is honestly one of the best side effects of healing your relationship with food and your body, it's that you get to focus on other areas of your life. You get to set goals and intentions for yourself in all the other areas, your career, your passions, your finances, your relationships, your fun time, travel goals, literally anything else you can focus on other than food and your body. Because honestly, focusing on food and focusing on your body every single day, every single year is such a waste of time. It is such a waste of your one precious, beautiful life that you've been given on this planet. And I want you to actually use your gifts and use your passions for things that can change the world and that can impact others in a way so much more than just obsessing about your weight and obsessing about food. Life becomes so much more juicy and so much more fun when you're not struggling with food in your body on a daily basis. So, happy new year. I hope you had a, an amazing holiday season. I hope you have exciting things looking forward to in this upcoming year. And I hope that this is the year that you can actually heal for good. I'm rooting for you. I'm here for you. And I love you. Bye.